What's up, everyone? Welcome to this edition of Hiring University. I'm your host, John Beck. Today is reunion day. It is hard to believe that almost a year to this day, we were all in full lockdown. The future of almost every facet of our life, including work, was unknown to all of us. But here we are. We made it and not only survived, but many, most of us have thrived over the last 12 months. I'm so happy to welcome back what we called a year ago our grad panel that today have one year of work at least under their belt and have headed into their career path. So please welcome Damon Wiley, UC Berkeley grad, class of 2020, and now business development associate at Doctors on Demand. Alyssa Wheeler, UC Davis grad, class of 2018, now senior development manager at the American Cancer Society in the Silicon Valley branch. And Mikey Williams, UC Berkeley grad, class of 2020, and now sales development representative at Free Agent CRM. Guys, what's up? Welcome back to Higher University. Let's start by catching our audience up on the last year of your life. I know there's been some job changes, some grad school interests, other milestones. Mikey, let's kick it off with you. Welcome back. Excited to be here, John. Yeah, so this last year has been absolutely crazy. We graduated back in May for myself at Berkeley, and I took a couple months to get home, finish up school, and then start that job search. And I know the last conversation really revolved around how we're going to get those jobs, where we're going to end up. And I ended up at this great startup, free agent CRM, and we're based out of Walnut Creek, and we got a small team that just works super hard. And and I've been able to really take on some responsibility and grow their outbound sales team and bring in some new business and, and help a lot of fun companies. Congratulations. Well done. Alyssa? Hello. Last year, I was working with the Academy of Art University when we last spoke, but ended up making the career changed to be with the American Cancer Society, which is what I wanted to be in nonprofit and development. So I started as a community development manager, and then we had a shift in our market, and I got promoted to a senior development manager by seven months with them, I think. So I'm doing that. I work with a lot of corporations and companies to develop a partnership as a sponsor, so getting them visibility on social media and whatnot. So that was a big switch. And then also I finished my first year of grad school during all of that. So before we started, I don't think I started grad school yet. So now I already have a year under my belt, which is exciting. So one year down, one year to go. Congratulations. And Damon. Awesome. Mikey, Alyssa, Coach Beck, it's nice to see you guys. I think a year ago when we were talking, I think I was working for a company called True Work at the time. They're a startup series B company, like HR platform, worked heavily with verifications. I think after we chatted, I worked with them maybe about two and a half months. And then after that happened, I interned my junior year summer going into my senior year. And on my team, it was me, it was this other woman, and then we had a boss. That was it, just a team of three at Doctor On Demand, actually, the company I'm currently working for. So I get a call while I'm still working for this other company. And I'm like, and she's like, hey, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to get some time. Let's just chat. I'm like, okay, cool. We start talking and she's like, I want you to come work under me. Like, I want to be your manager and boss. However we can get you here, let's get you here. So I don't care what, I don't care what it takes. And so I was like, wow, okay. I made the switch. And when I made the switch, everything blew up, which is pretty amazing. So we, we just went through a merger right now. And now we're the second biggest telehealth company in the world. I work on the business development team. 
I do inbound, outbound, and I work with our partnerships uh, department as well. I'm trying to hone my skills to be able to take this next step and then hopefully get promoted at some point. Awesome. Congratulations to all three of you. I'm familiar with um, all the companies that you're at and they're all rock solid and then some. I will refresh each of your memories just to go back a year. I went back through my notes. Mikey, I think at the time we first engaged, you were considering a financial services company moved into tech. That's cool. Alyssa, I'm fairly certain you got laid off once, if not twice, and then landed again. Well done, because that's not an easy thing to do. And Damon, as I recall, you had an offer from a a household name LinkedIn that then got revoked because of COVID. I don't want any of you to underestimate your perseverance uh, and fortitude of getting through a lot of chaos. It's important that you guys recognize and, and give yourselves a pat on the back that will make you hardened and steely and maybe more appreciative of job going forward. So so job well done. As I look at each of you, it appears that you're all working from home. I'm curious what your feelings are and what your companies are doing as we're coming out of COVID. Everyone seems to have different opinions about what the right thing to do is. Do we want to go back to the office? Do we want a hybrid model? Do we want to continue to work from home? Give me some color on, on what your individual companies are doing and what you guys want to do, what your preference is. Alyssa, let's start with you. Yeah, I think, so we do not have any offices currently fully open for employees to go into. So we've been remote since, I guess, since I've been with them, which is interesting. I've only met a couple of my hand of my coworkers in person. The ACS has also downsized a lot of their offices. So whether they completely got rid of the office or they're moving to a smaller location, that's been another um, issue as well. Moving forward, I have no idea when we plan to go back on the office. I know as a health worldwide organization, they do want us to be required to be vaccinated, but there are no plans on when and if we go to the office. Personally, I would like a hybrid model. Frankly, I'm tired walking 10 feet to my desk every single day, but I do love the flexibility of working from home. But I I do enjoy a small commute. I love listening to podcasts. I think it's like it gives me some time to like actually start my day. Whereas like I wake up here and I immediately log onto my laptop without giving myself that time to get situated and whatnot. So two to three days in the office, I wouldn't mind Monday, Friday from home, but we'll see. Damon, your company is telemedicine. So that in itself promotes a remote model. I'm really anxious to hear what your company's doing. It sounds like you're you're working your way through some some progression um, and maybe even promotion. How is it to be mentored and coached by a boss remotely? Oh man, it is so awesome. My company, when I started, we sold our um, building, and so they like completely wow. sold it off because. Even though there's people that work, because our headquarters are in SF, a lot of our company works remote already. So I can see us continuing to stay remote. For me personally, I love working from home. I love the fact that I can roll out of bed and and then be in um, a dress shirt and my boxers or some shorts and hop into all these meetings. And your question about managers, part of the reason why I think I'm successful here right now is because I have a fantastic manager. My manager isn't just about like numbers and results. She's about like big time about building rapport and uh, making sure that I feel comfortable and, and she's understanding of what's going on around me. We obviously know that social justice endeavors have been rising. I'm half Black and Asian. So both of these things have seriously affected both of my sides of the family and my community. So 
to see that I have a boss that she looks nothing like me, but is completely supportive um, and encouraging and affirmative and things of that nature makes me want to work harder for her. Awesome. Sounds like you're very lucky. And I want to come back to diversity and inclusion here in a second. But Mikey, let's go to you. How big is your company, Mikey? Yeah, we're a little bit over 50 people and we're rapidly growing. We had two people in the office going through interviews yesterday. I got to interview a potential candidate to join the sales team. So it's an exciting time. We got our Series A last month and some more funding fuels the growth for the next couple of years and we're really looking to expand. And like I mentioned, we were in the office and we're definitely doing some hybrid model. When I first started, we had an office in Oakland, but I started my training from home. And they mentioned, all right, we're selling the Oakland office. And I got one day in there. I got to poke my head in for just one day, help them carry the boxes out. (laughs) And we we went back home with no idea like what the next step was. And I loved it. I got a a lot of work done from home, had a great setup. And that was when I was living back, um, you know, with my parents after college. Since then, I moved to San Francisco. The company bought like a shared community office in Walnut Creek with locations in San Francisco as well. So with that, we have the flexibility to either work in the San Francisco office or in Walnut Creek. We've even had the luxury of traveling to another state for a sales kickoff, which was pretty fun. And I think having that hybrid is really necessary to just keep up the energy. I think I only go in once a week. And when I do, it recharges my energy to work harder when I'm at home. And you just get to see how hard everyone else is working. It's a good reminder that you're not alone. People are all out there busting their butts and really fighting for the same goal. And also I think that the coaching ability when you're in person is a little bit higher. Like Damon, my manager is great, can hop on the Slack calls or Zoom calls, but being able to just walk across the hall, talk to some senior leadership in the company, really get my questions answered quicker has definitely helped my career progress and and line up some potential promotions. I'm encouraged that all of you mentioned the desire and appreciation for that in-person interaction. I've read articles, which I don't agree with, that say that your generation is going to be totally accepting of a remote work environment. I don't think that's true. I think that's contrary to just overall human nature. We all strive for interaction and and especially in a work environment. I mean, for, for our company, I've, I hired more than five people in the pandemic that I never met in person. And for the first time, we had our first company offsite a month ago. And it was such a relief, not just to talk about work, but just to get to know them. Because, you know, when we're all in Brady Bunch boxes, not to date myself, it just, you can only get so much of that dynamic uh, that you that you miss in a 3D environment. So I'm, I'm super encouraged to hear that from each of you. For, for, for the three of you coming out of college, if you, if you took what you know now, having gone through the first year plus and could have applied or done things differently when you came out of college, or we're talking to recent grads that are coming up for graduation in a month or so here, what do you share with them? What's one takeaway that you learned that you would share with the next person coming out of college? David, why don't you go first? So I have like mentees that go to Berkeley. And I I think like the reoccurring theme that I keep telling them and that I would tell any recent grad is being proactive. I feel like we don't reach out enough. So I I have a young man, he's coming up on his senior year, trying to get an internship this summer, trying to get one from BlackRock. He sends one email out to one lady and then never reaches out again, never reaches out to anybody else. It's just like, well, man, I guess they don't want me. 
right? And, you know, a little bit of his entitlement, a little bit of it also, we're not taught to keep going and go the extra mile. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I would tell anybody that's in their senior, junior year is that whether you're going in sales or ops or whatever may be, it's like, my thing is always reach out to five and see what your result is. And if that doesn't work, then reach out to another five. I wish I would have known that. I was pretty proactive, but I, I wasn't that much because I was so fearful of like rejection. And I think getting over that fear is really going to benefit you. I, I love it. And I'll tell you, Damon, that reaching out to the additional five and getting over your fear for most people, that never stops. I have a few years, if not decades on you guys. There's plenty of days where I have to remind myself, make the extra call, send the extra email. My own insecurities and fears creep up like mm, they're not going to respond or I'm going to annoy him. It doesn't matter if you don't send it. If you don't take the shot, you never know if you're going to make it. So that lesson will serve you for the rest of your rest of your life for sure. Mikey, how about you? Yeah, Damon, you touched on something that kind of struck a, a hard string with me is the mentorship idea. I've been able to seek a little bit of mentorship through college and looking back, I w- wish I had sought more. Um, I've been lucky enough to create relationships with students that were inside my social circles, ones that were outside of it and giving back to them. I was able to go back and speak on an alumni panel and be a mentor to some of these people that are looking for internships and jobs. And, and, you know, there doesn't always have to be a hard ass. Like you said, your friend reached out to someone at BlackRock. That was for his personal gain. Maybe he wasn't getting something out of it, but there's relationships that you can start building a lot earlier on that don't have an ask. You don't need to ask them for something. Just generally looking to build a relationship and and make a connection that could serve you down the line. And I think that's something really crucial for people that are still in college, us fresh out of college. And even for John, you know, deep in his career, there's always time to make more connections and either take on a mentor or mentee and see what the world can provide for you guys. It gives back in spades too. what you put out there comes back to you tenfold. I'm a firm believer in that. And Mikey, I still have several mentors that I reach out to frequently with questions that I have or, you know, people that have walked the, the proverbial path before. How did you do it? What should I be aware of? So the learning never stops. And, and kudos to you for already giving back, both of you. That's great. Alyssa, how about you? What one piece of advice, if there was one? When I thought about this, I definitely think of the external factor. So networking, mentorship, like Mikey and Damon said. And then I think my internal piece that I wish I would have known is defining my self-worth within the workplace. I think that's super important because I do think there is this misconception of being young and not having great value since we are younger. And looking back when I was applying to jobs right after college, I wanted to work anywhere. I would have accepted anything. But now going through the pandemic itself, layoffs and whatnot, I want to work for somewhere that also wants me. So knowing my value there within a company, but then also knowing your self-worth, I think helps identify your purpose and like what your career goals could be. And then building good relationships, taking on meaningful work. So I think that comes with just a lot more benefits of confidence and knowing your worth within yourself and within the workplace, because obviously there's lots of different relationships that you're working with. That sets me up perfectly to my next question. And I'm going to, Damon, I'm going to bring back your comment around diversity and inclusion. And Alyssa, your comment around a company that value, that maps to my values. It sounds like all of you have really good bosses and, and mentorship in your lives, which is great. 
A lot obviously has happened in the last year as it relates to social injustice. There's been plenty of articles written about the fact that because we were at home and doing less, we were paying more attention, which is great. There's definitely a movement and awareness happening. Some companies reacting faster, more aggressively, and more meaningful uh, than others. I'm curious when you think about the company that you're representing, because you are as an employee and your career forward, one is your company doing things and what are they doing to promote the awareness of that? And two, as you think about your career, how important is it that those future employers of yours or companies that you start on your own have that agenda as, as a key to who they are as a culture and, and a business? Damon, let's start with you. The first part to your question, what is my company currently doing? So when I joined the company, they had a DE&I initiative, which I thought was cool. They'd bring in like speakers and they'd have some like conferences and meetings, but the representation initially when I got there wasn't very high, right? We're becoming aware, but then we're not doing the work. That makes sense initially. But then there started to become a shift. I think since we started the merger, we have ERG groups now, and we also have a diversity inclusion department. I'm actually going to be one of the people that will be on the committee. And then I plan to be the head of our diversity inclusion, as well as doing my job. It might be a potential like career path or pivot that I want to go into eventually. As you think about your career going forward, when you evaluate, not that you're looking to move because you're at a great place right now, but is that an important part of your criteria for a company that you work for? And I guess it's it's kind of a question. Let me ask it a different way. Do you think that your generation as millennials, and I'm going to categorize you all as millennials, unless I know you maybe straddled that line, but for the purposes of this discussion, do you think your generation is more aware and active than previous generations? Yes, absolutely. I think we're more active and I think we're more aware. But in turn, though, like I, I think my biggest problem about this stuff is stereotypes in the way we think. But I think the biggest problem that I have is when we think about certain people or certain things, we have all these ideologies about it, right? So I asked my company, I said, when you guys think of African-American people, what do you think? And that is the number one problem to me, right? Our education system is horrible, systemic, you know, institutional, all of that stuff is, it's very high rise, but that's the biggest problem to me. When we think of Hispanic people, what do we think? We think of white people, Asian people, whatever it may be. If we start to unlearn some of these things that we've been taught, then I think then we're going to see true progress. But until then, it's just us saying like, woohoo, I'll go walk with you guys. I'm an ally. I support you. But people don't really know what allyship is. Allyship isn't just walking with me. Allyship is teaching your kids about what's going on. Allyship is about being a pep rally, speaking about this stuff and, and unlearning and, and teaching. And I believe in like the reach one, teach one mentality. So um, those are my thoughts about that. I appreciate that. Let me take what Damon just said and ask you, Alyssa, because Damon, I think if, let me paraphrase it, there's the difference between awareness and action, right? So Alyssa, you and I have chatted about this in the past. What What's the difference for you and what are you seeing, not only with your company out there in the job market and talking to your peers? Yeah, I think ACS, at least on a national level, we did have diversity, inclusion, equity calls once every couple of months. So I know there's always been that initiative. Obviously, within the past year, they've been trying to roll out more programs. Within my market, the SF Bay Area employees were not 
very racially diverse at all. And that's something that I noticed. I think the difference though, for me personally, was this past year being able to bring that up and talk about it and ask, what are we doing different? How can we change this? Because we are severely underrepresented within our employees, but also on my end, I work with volunteers. So our volunteer groups, our committees, those are also majority white. Mm. Prior a couple of years, I probably would have been more of a bystander and go with the flow, not have said much. And I think this year I was able to bring that to my bosses bring that to saying we need to include this on a local level just because our company does these nationwide calls that people probably do other things because no one has to be on camera and nothing. They're probably not fully paying attention to it. We need these on local staff calls and we need to fix our market because cancer isn't racist. So we can't have a market that is. And so I was able to do a diversity, equity, inclusion, and just a call within my SF market and say, what can we do to make our volunteer groups more diversified? What can we do with our employees? And obviously the employee part, I don't have a part in, but I think making that aware to the older senior leadership people that like this needs to change or we're not going to make any progress. Yeah. It it extends far beyond just the employee population that you sit within. For you, it's volunteers. Mikey, you're in a smaller company, startup, 50 person. I appreciate that. My company is under 50 people. I'll admit that as I thought about our diversity and inclusion response, that first of all, I wanted to to have action and not just be words. And I think that's a cop-out for a lot of companies who just put words down and say, this is our statement. But I also, to be honest, at first underestimated what our impact could be as a smaller company. And as I talk to more and more people, they help me say, look, you have you touch a lot of people from a candidate perspective to hiring managers that may not be aware. You touch a lot of customers, anything that your company is doing or you personally, because I know you're obviously a very much aware, thoughtful person. Any perspective working for a smaller company? Damon had a good point, too, of like making sure you're not just a melting pot, but like it's also good to see a lot of different diversity within the employees at your company and we, we have our fingers all over the world here at Free Agent. We've got offices in, in Mexico, India, Canada, the US, and that alone has brought in some really unique people in different cultures across the world. And then even here in the Bay Area, we've been doing our best and, and really diversifying the sales force. I think you make a good point of underestimating like our reach. We talk to as salespeople, so many people throughout our day. We have action on LinkedIn. You can really get your message out there, even just your perspective without having to make a official statement, but really just the way you carry yourself in the work world and throughout your network, I think. I'm pleased at each of your responses. I'm not surprised to hear them. Damon, you made the comment and I saw nodding heads that you guys are far more aware and active as a generation when it comes to this issue. Big change takes generational change, but let me flip it around a little bit. And and I want responses because I hear this all the time and I'm the older guy on the call here. You hear that millennials are labeled and, and Damon, you said the word entitlement, lazy, not motivated. Do you think that your generation has an unfair reputation? Honestly, I, I, I'm going against myself here and I, I don't, I don't know. Wow. I'm, I surround myself with what I like to think of as high performing people, motivated I like to surround myself with people who 
have a career goal, have aspiration. But then I look, I look around and I see the younger kids that are in middle school, high school, even in college and on a global scale with the TikToks and the social media, I'm like, wow, some of these people are lazy. They're, you know, going to write off their parents' wealth, or they're going to maybe have a goal to be a, a video game streamer or YouTuber. And there is money to be made in all those professions, but it's not the typical go to a good school, get an education, get a good job that a lot of generations were taught and told to do. Um, so I'm kind of mixed, you know, I like, I see there's a big gap. I see a lot of people, all three of us on this call, the people that we work with and graduated with that are really motivated and the opposite of lazy and they're contributing to the workforce society. They're aware they're making positive change in the world. And then I still see some people that have some learning to do. And, and that could just also be the lower end of the generation that's just highlighted in my mind. Interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that, but I, I, I appreciate that perspective. Alyssa, how about you? I wouldn't say it's unfair. I think that there is that misconception. I think in terms of, like Mikey said, there is the high performance people that I see that I went to college with that are achieving amazing things and aren't lazy and are working their butts off. And then there are some people that are kind of just like, oh, I'll get through it kind of thing, whatever the entitlement from where they're from. So there, I think there's those two sides. But then I also, I think the another misconception is that when we have a hard time with something or have a bad manager or have a problem with our job or any small inconvenience, I think there's a conception that we will just like find another job instead of like working through the problem. So I think that's at least a fair, cause I've seen that with other people. They're like, okay, my manager is awful. Let me just go find another one. The culture is not great. Let me just go find another startup. Like, I think that is something. And so I've seen a lot of people job jump um, job to job every three to six months, but it's because also with that entitlement that, we do have an education. We can do that. We do have some experience that we can at least rely on. So I don't, I don't think it's unfair, but then again, you just have to be that person that is working hard, surrounding yourself around people who are doing the same. Um, but I have seen a pattern, so I'm not going to disagree with it. And that job hopping or avoidance, conflict avoidance is not good behavior. That's a pattern I don't like to see. It's contradictory too, if we all agree that your generation is more proactive when it comes to broader social issues and resolving those issues. When it comes to personal issues and personal conflict, I do see that more often than I like to see where people run away from it, as opposed to saying, I'm going to sit down and try to figure this out one-on-one with this person or in a smaller peer group. Damon, how about you? Yeah, Alyssa took the words right out of my mouth with that one. That's one of our biggest problems. But I, I do think in turn too, though, we've changed the landscape of how things work. We've developed esports gaming to be able to get scholarships to go to college and become esports college players to then make millions of dollars. We've changed the landscape with TikTok and YouTube and streaming and Twitch. We have completely changed the landscape of what is uh, professional and what's not. 
Right. Yeah. Crypto too, Bitcoin, things of that nature. Right. So these are good things that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So but I think the biggest thing that we changed, though, and this is what I, I hope everyone can agree on this one. We changed the way office life is. It's not a suit and tie. It's not you come in and miserable cubicles. People are standing up. We have there's like food. There's like drinks, all this stuff. I do think that um, there are a few of us that are lazy and we have a really hard time at saying still. But I think in turn, we've changed the landscape of like what everything is currently. When I think for people that are a part of your generation, John, it's kind of just like very confusing, right? You like live a certain way your whole life, go through your progression. And then like our generation comes in and we're like, hey, we don't want to do any of that. So you guys need to change. And now you guys are, well, we don't really want to, but we kind of have to. But it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Well, I got news for all of you. As you, <laughs> it's inevitable. There will come a time when you start families and have kids and there will be new things that you'll have to adapt to. And the way that I've always looked at it is I try to embrace it. And I ask myself the first question, it's not right or wrong. It's different. When I started my career, there were no cell phones. Imagine that. Imagine a world personally or work world where there was no cell phone. I didn't have that. Now I can't live without it. There'll be things in your life that you can't imagine that will exist and be part of the normalcy and that your kids and the people that you manage and, and the businesses that you are with or grow or start will have and, and being able to adapt to that. It, it's a challenge. That's the beauty of, of that progression. We typically ask all of our guests what we call the Wayback Machine. Put yourself in there if it was possible to transport yourself back. I asked you about a year prior, but let's go to the Way Forward Machine. If you guys could think about where you are in five years, specific to, to work, vocation, what your aspirations are, what you think the world might be like, what, what do you think that, that looks like in five years? If you can give me just short minute or less responses. Mikey, let's start with you. Yeah, I think like these next five years is going to be like a really vital time to dive into my career and, and really take on more leadership. I'm looking to become an AE quickly and start demoing the product. And I think over the next five years, I can start maybe getting into management and leading teams with just all the leadership skills I learned in college and prior. Are you bullish on what you're seeing in the market? Is the economy rebounding? Is it good in your eyes? Yeah. I mean, I think the world's changing. Like As things open up, companies are starting to recover. It's been a year, but they're still hurting from the hit they took during COVID if they were shut down. And I'm watching things finally recover. And I think there's a lot more to grow with now like we got a new president things are looking up and, and really time to just take the country on a new stride damon so we're a year out of college so in about another year and a half i'm gonna go get my mba and then for my progress here probably at the end of the year looking for a promotion or maybe a little bit longer to be a mid-market ae my third year, I plan to go get my MBA. I'll probably be done in two years. I think I'm either going to start my own company or I want to be either a head of diversity, equity, and inclusion at a company or going to be like a sales manager or sales director. Nice. And Alyssa? I think it's a little different for me. So I graduate from grad school next year, but I'm doing social work. So I'm studying to become a therapist. So it's 
not technically like the workforce, but I will probably step away from my full-time job after I graduate to start prepping for my state exam and gaining hours under another therapist and starting to see clients and building my reputation as a therapist next year. I've always had passion to serve underserved communities, underserved demographics, but I think also within this past pandemic year, I've had this really passion and interest in working for a tech company as a therapist more so than ever. People are getting burnt out. There's this New York Times article that talked about this languishing. So it's not like the state of depression and it's not the state of like thriving. It's just kind of like you're going through the motion because you're not fully burnt out, but you just like don't know what you're doing. So I've been really interesting, really interested in telehealth is huge now. Corporations are more so than ever making sure that they're driving mental health initiatives every month, employee engagement campaigns. And so I would love to be doing some sort of like mental health initiative campaigns within a large tech company, Twitter, Google, et cetera. But then also those companies hire therapists to serve just their employees. So that would be a dream goal of mine. But yeah, within the next year or so, I'll just be gaining my reputation as uh, hopefully a good therapist for mental health. Not surprising that all three of you have very well thought out plans and goals. I will say this as a word of not even caution, but just for what it's worth, know that there's typically not a straight line from a career perspective. And and that's a good thing. Make your plans, but also trust in the universe and all the preparation and hard work that you guys have done. Based on knowing each of you and what you guys shared today with our audience as representatives of your generation and and leaders. I'm personally very encouraged for our future. And I'm sure our listeners are too. Mikey, Alyssa, Damon, so great to catch up with the three of you. Congrats on all of your individual successes and may you have continued success in the future. And if we are lucky enough to do this a year from now and even five years from now, rest assured, we'll do it. You guys are the guinea pigs. So thank you very much for being here. For our listeners, as always, keep the faith, keep grinding, keep safe, and we'll see you next time on Hiring You. Thanks all.